And welcome back to Restless, where we four young adults are seeking restlessly the face of God amidst today's crazy mixed up world. I'm Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and I'm here with Lauren Diane, excuse me, I'm here with, I forget who I'm with, I'm with Lauren uh, Carmelina and Paul, I'm sorry. Uh, and speaking of Carmelina and Paul, you guys have only been on for a couple episodes and, and we really don't know who you guys are. So in other words, in, in Lauren's words, why are you here? No, I'm just kidding. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourselves in a sentence or two. Sure. So my name is Paul Ainone, and I'm a parishioner at St. John the Evangelist Church in Stamford, Connecticut. Um, I've been living in Stamford in, in Fairfield County for about uh, six and a half years now. Um, and I work in finance and I'm a member of the Crossroads for Christ organization, uh, Stamford chapter. Crossroads for Christ is a great young adult group that uh, originated here in Connecticut and is starting to branch out. They, where did they have uh, chapters? Chapters are in West Hartford, Greater Waterbury, Stamford, Fairfield, and Groton. But they're in New they're, Haven. They're going to start one in Massachusetts? Massachusetts and uh, Long Island are on the way. Excellent. Excellent. So it's a great young adult ministry. So Crossroads for Christ. Look it up if you're in this area. Carmelina, tell us something about yourself. Hey, so I'm Carmelina Maffa. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, hail to Pitt, and I'm pretty <laughs> new to the Stanford area. Just moved here officially about a year and a half ago. I'm also a member of the Basilica of St. John the Evangelist, as well as Crossroads, and um, I work in finance as well. Nice, nice. A lot of finance workers yes. on this program. Diane works in finance, not Javier, but... No, well, no. you're Sydney. It's, it's Fairfield County is kind of a that is a true. Hub, that say. is true. Yeah. And speaking of work, our topic today is uh, the opposite of work: laziness and how to overcome it. Because that is the struggle for a lot of human beings: the struggle of laziness and uh, not wanting to do stuff. And do you guys struggle with that at all? I would say right now, um, you know, we've been in this pandemic situation now for whenever you're listening, you might be listening to this. So we're in, um, we're recording this in October of 2020. And so we've been in this quarantine sort of mode for the past seven months. And um, I've been working at home every single day for seven months. I usually travel a lot for work. I'm in the air a lot and I'm not right now. Um, and so I don't find myself being particularly lazy, like I'm getting my work done, but I'm finding myself becoming more lethargic. And it's harder to concentrate on work when you, I sit in my bedroom where my desk is for 20 to 22 hours a day or I sleep there. So <laughs> I, it's becoming a bit, um, the routine is becoming a bit too routine and I'm one for routines and it's becoming too much for me. Wow. When you go out of your room, like for those two hours, what do you do? <laughs> it's like, Usually like eat. Prison sentence. I might, I might exercise outdoors. Wow. Sometimes without would, a mask. It's okay. You're outdoors. It's fine. It's all right. <laughs> I would go stir crazy, 20 hours in one room. That's correct. Oh. Well, I'm sleeping for about eight, seven, six to eight hours of that per night. True. So True. I'm not quite conscious during that time. <laughs> but I am aware that I am in that room, though. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, wow. So in any case, so I find myself, there are times when I really don't want to work. And so I'll sit at my desk for half an hour and watch YouTube videos or something, which I don't do at, when I'm at work. But mm. it's, just, um, it's just to break it up because I can't can't work for that long and not move and not leave my house or my room yeah i can imagine wow it's crazy what about you guys are you procrastinators or struggle with laziness i've had a similar experience to paul but i think in a different way for different reasons i'm i'm definitely an extrovert so i really like people i adore spending time with people 
And one of the reasons why I um, came back to Stanford to work at the company I'm at was because I just loved the people so much. And not being in that sort of team collaborative environment has it's it's created this kind of lethargic sort of thing where I don't have the same amount of energy or enthusiasm still getting the work done. But it is kind of it's I wouldn't call it laziness, but sometimes I feel like it gets there where it's like, oh, I have to do this again. Whereas in like a group team setting where people are coming together and collaborating, it's it's easier and more enjoyable to get things done. Um, so, yeah, I I'm so glad to hear that you're an extrovert because mm-hmm. it seems like most people in the world are introverts. Really? I'm very introverted. I think it depends who you're around. Really? Maybe yes. I just have introverted friends. I don't know. <laughs> I go to all the wrong parties. <laughs> well, I think you could, you, you could be an outgoing. You just, you just sit alone in your own spot. We do. No one really wants to speak to each other. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you could be an outgoing introvert though. You know, like I consider myself that. Um, so being at home for being in the same room for 20 to 22 hours a day by myself is not tiring. Um, and it's fine, but, uh, but just the fact that I'm there is the problem. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm kind of an extroverted and, and, and outgoing introvert because mm. yeah. I, I like weekends are crazy. Always seeing people. And then like Monday hit like today was today's Monday and oh man, I hit, hit a wall and I was just like, I'm going home. I'm going for a run. I don't really care. <laughs> just to be alone, you mean? Yeah. And I was supposed to go over someone's house just to, just to hang out and like with their family. And I was texting them. I said, mm, another time mm-hmm. just need alone time yeah yeah i, I never that. do that <laughs> i never do that i i don't i can probably count on one hand the amount of times that i said i think i need alone time <laughs> <laughs> that's why when, when paul and carmelina texted me earlier saying you know sorry we can't carpool up to ridgefield today i was secretly really relieved <laughs> it's like good more alone time in my car by myself listening to music oh so there it all works out it actually was great honestly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Lauren, are you struggle with laziness at all? Procrastination? Of course I do. do I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't be human if I said no to that question. Um, I'm fortunate that I'm a very hard worker, and I, like, take great pride in my work, and I always have really cared. So, you know, as a student, like, you know, that would never get in the way of me, like, doing the work to ensure that I would get an A, because that is, like, what I needed all the time. Um, but of course, there's always like some flexibility, right? Like I wasn't ever a student that's going to do the assignment a week in advance. Were you guys all like last minute assignment people? No? no, no. So I have so I have the opposite problem. So there's this professor at um, University of Pennsylvania, his name is Adam Grant. And he has this theory, um, he wrote a book, uh, he wrote a lot of books on organizational behavior. And he has this theory called precrastination. So there's procrastination, there's precrastination, and you get things done too quickly. Um, and I'm the one that suffers from that where I actually don't, sometimes I don't put enough time for creative thought into what I do. I just do it as quickly as possible to check it off the list. Ah, So, um, being a relatively organized person, I have now scheduled time for procrastination. (laughs) I've never heard of that. What are you doing right now? I'm procrastinating. It's part of my schedule. (laughs) But what's different is during, during the time when I spend my 22 hours in my bedroom though, I find myself procrastinating involuntarily. Yeah. Just the temptation's right there. Yeah. It's right there. It's like. Yeah. And I'd imagine your bed is calling you for a nap. 15-minute naps have become pretty standard. That's awesome. It's so power nice, nap. yes. I do power like that. Nap. Yeah. That's funny. That's what, I'm very much like you, Paul. When I was a senior in college, uh, you had, a, of course, you had write a college thesis, you know, the end of your mm-hmm. senior year. And uh, so I took it first semester, 
And I got it done by the end of September, my first semester. Because I was like, I want the rest of my senior year to myself to have fun. Like, I don't want this hanging over my head. It was great, actually. But but I think I could have done a probably better job if I had taken more time with it. But I was like, just get it done. You know, get her out. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how are you when it comes to laziness? Um, you know, it depends when you're inspired. You know, I don't know if you ever feel that way when you're doing your work, where you're just kind of like, just get the, the spirit. And you're like, man, I just got to go. and just got to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you could like bust out whatever. Like when I, if I get the spirit, like I'll write like three homilies in a sitting. But if I don't have it, that's when YouTube calls. Right. You know, that's when it's like, oh, let's look at the birds outside on the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and, and in my, of course, you know, being a priest, it, I've, I've been surprised how much creativity it requires. You know, because I'm not crunching numbers and it's very much like you got to come up with a new homily every week and it's got to be engaging and interesting and funny and and theologically sound and inspiring. And sometimes I'm just like, what? I have nothing to say. <laughs> That's interesting because I've talked to some priests um, where they when they get their A and their B and their C done, they're they're like, OK, I'm good forever. What do you mean? Like their A year, their B year, and the liturgical calendar. They get their A, their B, and their C done, and then they have a (laughs) binder. Um, They have binders full of homilies, and they just pull it out. I very rarely have I ever recycled a homily. Yeah. No. But you have all of them, correct? I do have all of them. Do you ever reflect back on what you've already said? Yeah, I do. And what's interesting is that what I wrote four years ago, I don't disagree with it, but I realize like the scriptures speak something completely new to me this time, you know? And, wow. and I'd write one, I mean, totally different topics out of the same readings. It's amazing. But so have you ever in, in your laziness, have you ever uh, found some negative effects of that or struggle with it? Absolutely. I think that I think that we just thrive with order. And sometimes with laziness, it becomes disordered where maybe we have a routine and we don't adhere to it. And then that could lead to especially in type A individuals that could lead into some self-harm where it's like, oh, you know, I, I didn't do that right. I didn't do this. I should have followed this routine. Now I'm so behind. And what's the point? And I think that eventually laziness, lack of order, lack of routine can almost like sow feelings of hopelessness. Um, so I, I definitely think that could be a, a long-term effect of, of laziness because too much laziness is, is disordered and we're meant to function in order. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, laziness is a, a, a vice, you know, mm-hmm. and it's very akin to in the spiritual life. There's a vice called sloth yes. or achadia, which is like spiritual laziness, not not, you know, not wanting to pray or putting that off eh, later on, later on to work on that. You know, so that can have obviously detrimental effects to your spiritual life. Right. And I'd say a common one is probably feeling like Sunday morning. Oh, I don't want to get out of bed, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's happened to me actually, uh, you know, a few times if like I had some like ultimate or something like that really wore me out on Saturday. And so then Sunday morning, I'm way too exhausted. And then what will happen? Like the rest of the day, I'm exhausted and then I don't make it, you know, mm. and I, I'm fortunate that I would have never and I don't think I would ever turn that into a habit where I don't go any longer. Um, but I could understand that that's happened to people, you know. Like you just lose the routine, as you said, and you can just give into it. And then you're disordered into thinking, well, I don't really need it. Right. I pray I'm fine or I'm a good person. Like we just create these excuses, but it's wrong. Like it, this is a mortal sin. This is not good. You yeah. Know? 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think laziness, it's like inertia, right? An object in motion tends to stay in motion. Um, and I think when you laziness begets more laziness. Um, and I think some of the solutions to that might be there's a book, um, there's a couple of books, but um, I guess I'm doing books tonight and authors, but there's a former <laughs> a retired admiral, Admiral McRaven, and he wrote a book called Make Your Bed. It's a little pamphlet sized book. Oh, I've read that. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. And it's just the little things to introduce order. Jordan Peterson, he writes, you know, like just clean your room, you know, little tiny things um, in the beginning can start to create order. And back to my bedroom, because that's where I tend to be spending a lot of time and it's on my mind right now. But I, I really struggle by, so I get a, I start work at around 7 a.m. And then by about 8 a.m., if my bed is not made, I have like a little like panic attack in the inside. I have to make my bed because it's disordered. <laughs> sure. Um, but I have to do it. Sure. Um, and, and I never make my bed like before this time. I would just, I don't care. But now I do. Well, you know, I love what St. Jose Maria Escrivá says about, you know, getting up. He says he calls that the heroic minute, you know, because if you can get up on time and not hit the snooze button, he says, you've already done something heroic that day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and from that, that book that I read, um, well, who was it by? Uh, Admiral McRaven. Admiral McRaven. Yeah. He says, he says, even if everything else goes totally wrong in your day, you did something good. You made your bed. Yeah, it's true. It's yep. huge. You know, and it, mm-hmm. actually, that's kind of huge. So... So that's some of the positive effects then of the flip side, which is diligence. And Paul, since you said you are a, a precrastinator, you're, a, you're yeah. <laughs> very driven. Have you found some positive effects to your, your diligent uh, lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's the same. It's the same thing what I just said. It's like you, when you're in, when you have momentum, you, you keep going. And I think in order to have that, you have to simplify. So, um, and so for example, like, you know, um, it's the little things that help me remain diligent where I can reduce the energy that I spend on some things to spend my energy on more important things. Like for example, I have a rule because um, I wear business casual to work. Well, not right now. I wear jeans and t-shirt, but um, <laughs> usually I wear business casual and I have a rule where every pair of pants has to match every shirt. So I can go into my closet in the morning in the dark and pick out a pair of pants and a shirt and it won't look bad. But that reduces the amount of effort I have to spend on, on getting dressed. And so I can be more diligent in making sure I don't get into a car crash on the way to work or something, you know. You are one of the few men that understand what makes a shirt match a pair of pants. <laughs> well, they're all various shades of blue, and my pants are various shades of dark blue and charcoal, so oh, okay. it all works out. It's very uncreative. It's very uncreative, you know? <laughs> I'm very blessed to have a uniform. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't have to worry about that. You know, it was. I went to Catholic school through eighth grade, and then I went to public school, and it was so much easier being in Catholic school because I knew what I was wearing every single day. I, I guess that's a struggle for people. I don't know. It was just different. Do you, do you well, struggle after, with that? It can take some time. No. Well, I, no. I can say <laughs> for like, sure. No, no I'll think, uh, oh, I want to wear this, right? And then I try it on. I'm like, nope, don't like it. Or, oh, that turned out to be wrinkly. Or, you know what I mean? So then it might take me twice as long as I planned for. And then I'm running behind, kind of as Paul mentioned, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay. That's, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you're talking about um, getting kind of the momentum of, of life that, uh, I was reading uh, Life of St. John Vianney, and he did some incredible penances in his life. You know, slept on a board, ate like one potato a week. I mean, this guy was like seriously hardcore. And <laughs> Carmelita is shaking her head like, wow, how does he do yeah. it? But, but he said to somebody, because somebody was like marveling at his penances, and he said, the only, only the first step is difficult. Mm. Because he started getting into the momentum of just, you know, giving more and more and more up. And he said, really, the, like, once your will is engaged and you're heading down that path, it's, it's easy. And that's kind of what you're saying. So you get the, mm-hmm. moment, the positive sure. momentum. Yeah. 
So for those who struggle with laziness, stay tuned. After our break, we're going to talk about how can we overcome that vice. All right, and welcome back to Restless. Let's not put this off any longer because we're talking about procrastination and laziness. So instead, let's talk about perhaps how we grow in the kind of that, that opposite virtue of diligence. And, uh, you know, if you struggle with like laziness, you know, what are some of the techniques that you have used to kind of get back on the horse, as it were? I can think of two techniques that have that have really helped me in, in the fir- and I think they go completely hand in hand. And for me, in my personality, I think I need both. Um, the first is surrounding myself with people that have a better routine than I do, that are more diligent than me, because I'm naturally very competitive. And I and not in like an envious sort of way, but it's like I I see the fruit that's coming from that and I admire that and I want to get there and mm. I want to be around you because it's edifying. And then the other piece is a power of the will because you're not always around those people. So even when you're not, it's like, I got to choose to do this. I have to choose to do it. And then those steps kind of create diligence. At least that's how it works in my life where I learn from people, whether it's prayer life, work life, exercise life or whatever. Um, I really like surrounding my pe- myself with people that I feel like have those established. Um, and that, that really helps me. It's a great idea. Yeah. I'm I'm picturing in my head, Carmelina saying, you think you're diligent? Just wait. (laughs) I'm going to out diligent you. (laughs) That's a great idea though. Mm -hmm. It helps. I think you have to set realistic expectations for yourself too. Um, like, uh, you know, I think a lot of, so this is like personal, when you go to like a, a really good retreat and you have the retreat high on a Sunday, you go to mass and you have lunch and then, you know, everyone leaves and you're just excited. It's like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, like I'm going to start praying the, the start praying the, the liturgy hours and do a rose and do a rosary and go to mass and do that every single day forever, even though I have to work full time and have, you know, other responsibilities. And then you don't do that for a couple of days and then you, you let yourself down. And then usually that will create then a new routine where you just don't do anything. Um, and I guess that's a way of saying that you're not being diligent. So instead of not doing something, you're doing nothing. Um, and so you have to create realistic expectations. And maybe for some people it's, you know, you just, even if it's just reading the gospel reading for the day is like a great first start. You know, it's a, it's a good way of, of just introducing something into your life to, to create that little bit of diligence. And maybe that will form into, well, if I read the gospel, maybe I'll read the epistle today or something, you know, and then it, it, it snowballs from there. Um, but you have to be realistic with yourself and create attainable goals for what you, what you need to, to do in your life. That's very true. I'd imagine that's probably important in work too, is you, you don't bite yes. off more than you could chew. Yes. Sometimes we are not able to choose how big of a bite we are allowed <laughs> to take. So <laughs> sometimes we must bite more than we can chew and then suffer the consequences thereof. That's true. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. One thing that I reflect on that helps me with laziness is just how short life is. Mm-hmm. You know, that time is one of God's greatest gifts. And, and when I fritter it away, just doing stupid stuff, you know, I'm like, wow, I'll never get that afternoon back again. You know, was that, was that Simpsons episode really worth it? Usually the answer is no. Actually, always the answer is no. <laughs> but man, life I is... guess you know when when people ask you that, I know that Sunday is generally a work day for you. But um, you know, we we rest on Sundays. We're supposed to have a day of rest. So how do you like advise people um, on how to how to take how to use a day of rest, but also not be in a like slothful about it? 
Well, that's a great question. Actually, is our very next question on this sheet oh. here. So, <laughs> what is the difference between laziness and legitimate downtime slash recreation? Because it's true that we do need rest. We're not supposed to be machines that work twenty four seven. What would you guys? What would you guys say is the boundary line between that? I ask the question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's exempt from the really answer. Hard I mean, I think that every individual kind of knows, right? I mean, because one, there's physical exhaustion. So, like for instance, I can say on Sunday I wanted to go out and do a hike. I did the hike the day before with my dog. It was three and a half miles. It was good, right? Exercise, and I worked out. And then I thought I should do this again, you know, on Sunday. And then I, for whatever reason, was exhausted, you know, and took a nap. And my dog snuggled up with me. It was super cute. <laughs> but you know, like I had this intention to be more fit, you know, and work out. But my body told me something different. You know, I think that's legitimate. If I then laid on the couch like all day, that probably, you know, again crosses that line. But I'll know it, you know. Even like our typical Sunday, I think for most people, right? You could start, if you're into football, watching the one o'clock game and sit through the whole rest of the day, you know? That's <laughs> true, like, the four o'clock game, the eight o'clock yeah, game. Yeah, it's like you probably shouldn't, you know, like <laughs> use your body, right? Exercise, right? Move around. Like we all know that's good for your health or like, you know, as you like to say, this time is finite, right? And you could improve yourself in some way, whether it's learning something or reading something, you know? growing in some other way yeah, connecting with friends family should, should us diligent people schedule our downtime schedule what we're going to do during our downtime if you must i guess so i struggle with that sometimes of not knowing how to fill downtime mm-hmm. you know this afternoon i had a, a couple hours off and so i was like oh shoot what should i do i didn't even know i tried to pick up a book and read it and and i felt really guilty and I was like, oh, man, I should be doing something more productive. I don't know if you ever feel that way. Oh, yeah, sure. What were you yeah. reading? It was, it was actually a fairly academic book on the history of the church in America. Oh. See, I so think it wasn't a waste just, of time. But. You're just not like most people. <laughs> because that's still a very good use of time, right? Whereas like so many can just, you know, watch Netflix, right, for hours. I don't want to knock anyone. Um, or uh, <laughs> scroll YouTube or scroll Instagram, right? This is all kind of not really worth our time and that's what a lot of people will do that's very true well, I, guess, I do that too but i guess i'm trying to find ways to like maximize the amount like if i if i must watch youtube videos now i must you know i'm gonna watch a trent horn youtube video or, or matt frad or watch a bishop baron something that he did you know try to use something at least somewhat could be useful in my life mm-hmm. um to fill that time and it's usually probably more entertaining than than other videos although i pretty much only watch car videos and catholic videos so <laughs> or political videos so I you guess, should right start now. a catholic car video that would be very unentertaining <laughs> <laughs> maybe i don't know i'm not into cars well there's com- there's jerry seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee it could be like thomas and cars getting tea or something like that i don't know <laughs> yeah i was drinking smoking cigars that seems to be the catholic thing to do nowadays for, yeah for cool Whis- whiskey yeah. whiskey and cigars yeah. yeah and i don't particularly like whiskey and i don't smoke so it's, oh. <laughs> i drink i drink wine okay well there you go but it's not whiskey there's a market it's not there's a market it's not, man, it's not manly enough for the catholic men <laughs> that's right <laughs> i think one thing that that when i see the word recreation recreation and i think 
you've ever had probably you've had those experiences where you recreate and you feel renewed and refreshed. You've probably had those experiences where you have the opposite reaction. You know, come off of a couch after six hours sitting there and you're like, Ugh, I feel worse than when I laid down, right? I think that's one of the keys to know whether it's like legitimate or whether it's laziness is are you getting refreshed, recharged, you know, at the end of it? How do you feel? Yeah. Normally when I feel like that, it's because I actually didn't prioritize rest time. And that's something that I've always struggled with my entire life playing sports because it's it's it was so competitive that I always felt like I had to be doing something. And when I wasn't doing something, and what that caused was just a state of utter exhaustion because you do need rest. And then I ended up using the recover time not in a wise way because I was so exhausted. Mm. Um, and actually what, I don't know if this is ironic or, or whatever it is, but I guess a blessing is a good adjective, but I've, I've been learning to rest based on the life of the religious because to me, like the religious and their, in their routines, they, they have order, they have scheduled time, but they also have rest time. And then I think an important step in my life was realizing that resting is okay and resting is allowed. And it's like, okay, well, well, they can rest. What are they doing with that time? And that's kind of how I learned. And, and a lot of their rest time is silence, reflection. It could be a nap. It's a devotion that they're doing. Um, so that's kind of how I've learned to incorporate rest time was looking at a group of people who I felt like were, were striving for holiness in ways that I might not have been at the time and just kind of taking that and incorporating it in my own life. That's cool. So, yeah. Because that is that flip side to diligence is when you take that to the extreme is workaholism. Yeah. You know, is that something you struggle with? Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I've had to learn. Because I think, you know, young people, there's this famous quote where um, once people started discerning vocations, no, everyone stopped making decisions. And so <laughs> <laughs> once I discerned to come back in my job, I just threw myself into it, you know, just threw myself into it, leading to pretty unhealthy work habits. So vocations and work is good and it's it's holy, but it there also needs to be a balance. Um, do you feel like your employers kind of treat young adults as like free labor in the sense of like, let's work them 11 hours a day, 12 hours a day because they don't have families, right? They don't, you know, they're the low ones on the totem pole. I actually put that more on myself. Really? It's, yeah, it's my boss and my peers who have consistently said, go home. You should go home. You should rest. You know, you've, you've been here a lot, at least at my company. My company's very good about that. Um, it's more just like me wanting to be there, wanting to, you know, do more because I, I enjoy the work. Mm. Um, so that's actually more on my part, okay. <laughs> which isn't good. Yeah, I think that is true, though. And I think that a lot of jobs, I mean, working in finance in New York City, which I did for two years and then left, um, unregrettably, um, <laughs> that... It, it is true. I mean, but I, but I guess most of us go into it and we're, we're eyes wide open, though. Mm -hmm. It's like we're not we're not we know what we're getting ourselves into. We may complain about it in in the midst of having to do the work, but we're not complaining about the fact that we are the lowest on the totem pole because we are. Um, <laughs> and the, the mentality is and it's kind of true that when you get promoted up and it's you've paid your dues, that's like a that's a term and you hear that and um and so the younger folks know that they have to do that as well. So it's a it's almost mutual. Um, there's different ways you can go about it. Um, and when there is free time, you know, I had a good boss at my first job where if I didn't have any work to do and it was five o'clock on a Wednesday, you'd be like, okay, 
go home because you might be here till like 2 a.m. the next day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the reasonable. There's some, you know, managers and directors or whatever that would be, well, if I'm in the office, you have to be in the office, you know, and that's a different mentality. And that's when it, that's when it, that's when you can, you can treat your employees well in that respect um, and let them go home when there's no work to do, or you can, you know, be insecure about it and want them around you all the time. Yeah. Wow. I just hear from so many of your young adults, you know, they come to something like a faith on tap from seven to nine. And then they tell me, okay, now I have to go home and do another two hours of three hours of work. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, Whoa. Like that's like, that's a late, I mean, it's, my mom used to call it burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know. It's easier when, when you're younger and, and you don't have kids and you're single. Like last night I was up till three working oh my on gosh. a project. Yeah. But it's, I don't, I don't mind cause I'm. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm grateful for the job and I want to be proud of the product. Like I, I would rather stay up and do it well and be tired the next day than come forth with a project that's not up to a reasonable standard. Mm. Um, because that's just how I, I work. Um, yeah. yeah. Craziness. <laughs> I, I had this like reverse experience where my undergraduate degree was endless hours okay 3 a.m architecture right? exactly yeah, yeah. 1 a.m oh, yeah, so that's for, a terrible, for any student that's terrible. yeah it's just the amount of work that they demand yeah, of you yeah. it just takes hours and hours and hours oh. and hours so then i got a job at an architecture firm that was nine to five i was like oh my gosh this is great <laughs> you know and like i've since moved on from architecture but even the last company i was at everybody some people they work much longer hours but me and my role and my manager we just worked a normal day, nine to five. And I really was like, this is so easy, you know? And, and I'm someone that usually has something going on every night of the week, mm-hmm. whether it's something, you know, like this podcast or when we, I was helping out with youth group or coaching basketball two nights a week or playing ultimate one or two nights a week, you know? So I go from my work to recreation or something. So I'm busy. Like I'm always kind of filled in that way but as far as my actual work i guess i've been pretty lucky to just have a normal nine to five experience that's wow yeah that's that's nice that is nice Uh, yeah i don't don't know what that's like i've never had that i would say i think it's okay like i don't know i and obviously i don't know your workloads and things but i'm sensing like maybe there'd be some guilt to like just work an eight hour day oh it does i think it's okay i don't know when i stop working at five right now when i'm at home especially since i'm at home and I like have five and a half hours before I usually go to bed. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? <laughs> like, who does, who does, who, what do people do with their time? Cause I've already, I exercise in the morning cause sometimes I have to work late. So it's not an option to do, to like work out at night. So, um, I guess that's why hobbies were invented. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but that, that's an important balance to strike. You know, as we're talking about, you know, laziness is one extreme. The other extreme is workaholism and finding that middle ground is where virtue lies, mm-hmm. the virtue of being diligent, but also recognizing that we were not just cogs in a machine, mm-hmm. that we're more than that as human beings. And we do need to keep you know, our physical life, our intellectual life, our social life happy and healthy, and especially our spiritual life. Yeah. So this is my challenge for you listeners, is that don't be lazy, but also don't be a workaholic. Find that middle ground where we are doing good things and, and staying active, but at the same time, recognizing that legitimate downtime is a gift from God too. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. You can catch us on Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM, and anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next time.